Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Finding opportunities where we can help people get kind of like what you've done with this podcast. You find enough people and give them access to information and give them everything that you want, then you in turn will have everything that you want. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? You need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available. Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fun That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak. He's been on the show multiple times, and they have been a previous sponsor, and they love working with the best ever listeners, and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. Clayton Gitz. How you doing, Clayton? Doing awesome, Joe. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Clayton. He is the owner and agent with Keller Williams and established the Gitz Group in 2007. What a time to start the group, right? (laughs) (laughs) In 2005, he changed careers, and he is based in Richmond, Virginia. He started real estate in 2005 with $10,000 in the bank and a dream. Well, it looks like you've got the dream fulfilled, at least accomplished a lot in between now and then. So Clayton, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Absolutely. So like you said, Joe, got into real estate in 2005. And uh, I, like many realtors, I think (laughs) got into this business. I had a bad experience with my realtor, who was a very close friend of mine when I bought my first house. And so I walked away from that experience and I said, you know what, if he can do as well as I know he does and treat people the way that he just... (laughs) My wife and I, I know I can do better. I was looking for a career change, Joe. I was selling pharmaceuticals at the time, legally. I always want to make that disclaimer. (laughs) So I just jumped ship. I wasn't fulfilled selling pharmaceuticals. So I jumped ship, took my real estate course, and in 2005, got into real estate. And I got to tell you, I started with a larger local company called Long & Foster. And when I moved over to Keller Williams Realty, 
I was introduced to the concept of the mastermind, to the concept of personal development, and just started following people like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Les Brown, and now today, Brendan Bouchard, and all of these guys and, and gals that introduced me to concepts like for things to change, you have to change. If you want more, you must become more. Don't wish things were easier, wish you were better. And I'd never heard it before. And I also, fast forward a little bit, the real estate market crashes in 2008. And I had the blessing to be introduced to a guy by the name of Dave Ramsey. And at the time in 2009, my wife and I were $600,000 in debt, including our mortgages, which we didn't realize was debt. (laughs) So I met Dave Ramsey at a real estate conference and I walked out of that conference. I purchased the book, The Total Money Makeover, back when there were still bookstores. I think I went to Barnes & Noble and read it cover to cover and I gave the book to my wife. She read it cover to cover. Fortunately, we both got on the same page and just went nuts paying off debt. So in 2013, we walked into a Wells Fargo and paid off our last remaining balance on our mortgage. And that was our last debt. So it took us four years to pay off to wipe out that 600000 And then we started investing. Then we started buying residential real estate with a goal to purchase 50 by 50 residential real estate properties that are paid for. We're not paying cash for those properties, Joe. Stop me anytime if I'm... Keep rolling. Yeah, I love it. So we read a book called Hold that was written by Linda McKissick, I believe. So we're purchasing homes on a 15-year note, putting, of course, 25% down. They have to cash flow at least $200 a month after property management expenses. Well, I own a property management company as well, so I don't charge myself to manage my own property. So that's very helpful. And we just bought our third, and we are about to buy our fourth. And what I've realized is that to come up with the cash to buy 50 properties at age 50, we're still going to do it, but I've had to figure out some additional revenue streams. Yep. Namely, for us, I actually left Keller Williams, Joe, in January of this year and joined a company called EXP Realty. And I was with Keller Williams, frankly, because as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for residual revenue streams. I read a book a while back called Cashflow Quadrant. You know, one of the things that I think is relevant, Joe, When I got into real estate in 2005, I had not only changed careers, I married the woman of my dreams, but I also found out that I had cancer all in that same year in 2005. And I share that because I kind of had this shift in my perspective of, I'll speak for myself, I was walking through every day as if I was going to live forever. And then all of a sudden you get a diagnosis or life happens and you're like, you know what, I need to start thinking about the future a little more and breathing a little deeper each day and living a little more each day and loving a little more each day because it can be taken away from us at a moment's notice. And so fast forward to 2015 and just smashing it, having a good time, selling a lot of real estate, no debt, two daughters married to amazing, amazing woman. And I found out that my cancer came back. Mm. And it was at that time, and everything's fine, by the way, I'm in great shape, Joe. But at at that time, I took a year off from selling real estate. And I did a lot of reading. I read a book called Cashflow Quadrant. And that book just changed the way that I personally, that my wife and I think about wealth building. And I realized that I was on the wrong side of the quadrant. So now everything that we do is really focused on the right side quadrant, wealth building and passive residual building passive residual income streams. So EXP, unlike any other model out, I mean, 
ridiculous revenue sharing, passive income earning opportunities, which I was looking for. And, and it kind of fell into my lap. In addition to that, my wife owns a multi-level marketing company in the health and nutrition space, and she's just crushing it because she's a rock star. And then we have, of course, the residential real estate as another pillar that we're going to expedite that purchasing process by using the income from these other passive income streams as well. So that was a lot, but that's kind of my story. Thank you for that. Lots of things to dive into. First off, glad to hear that things are going well with your health, first and foremost. Secondly, it sounds like books have been an incredible influence on the direction you take your life. You mentioned the cash flow quadrant. You took a different approach. You mentioned the book called Hold. You had an approach and you acted on it. You are not only reading these books, but you are taking massive action and completely shifting or optimizing the approach that you had previously. Not a lot of people take it to that extreme. How come you do? The question I would ask is why not? Anyone can do it, but not everyone will. That's a famous Gary Keller quote. I was raised by a single parent on eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars a year. One of the most vivid recollections I have of my childhood is we had this massive roach infestation that my poor mom could not get a grip on, and so much so that we would like wear these little nasty critters to school. And growing up, again, I just started spending time, Joe, with men and women that thought bigger, right? And I surrounded myself. I stopped hanging out with the people that were keeping me right where I was. And believe me, I've not always been the person that I am today. And I think the coolest thing about this journey that we're all on together called life is that it's this massive opportunity to learn from one another. So I just believe anybody can do this thing, but not everyone will. And and, uh, yes, it absolutely starts with education. I think books are such an underappreciated asset. Someone's willing to pour their heart and soul out massively successful people give us their success in detail, in in writing, and we don't tap into it often enough. So we want to start somewhere. I would start with Jim Rohn's Challenge to Succeed, which is an audio, but then I would just start reading and spending time with people that just think bigger. You, You can't help but grow if you're spending time with people that just will not let you settle and that are constantly saying, you know, you can do this. You got this. You got this. No, failure is not an option, right? Again, anyone can do this, but for whatever reason, not everyone will. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. Many questions come up, and I'll get to all of them, but one that I thought of immediately when you said that you had $600,000 in debt in 2009, and in 2013, you paid off the balance on your mortgage to wipe away that 600,000. Congratulations. That's huge. I suspect that as soon as you wiped away the debt and you no longer had any mortgages, is that correct? That's correct. Then you immediately thought, if not prior to that, asset protection because you now own a bunch of stuff or did you have any investment properties or it was just your primary that you wiped the mortgage away from? Yeah. And forgive me, I have to correct myself here. So we had bought one investment property prior to paying off our house. So the only debt we had left was that investment property, which we still have, which we bought on a 15-year note, put 25% down. It's a lot of equity. So yeah, that, that is debt that we have. I don't have any quote, quote, personal debt. Our investment properties that other people are paying off, that's where we deviate from Dave Ramsey's plan. 
Right. So basically, if it was a liability, meaning it wasn't making you money, then you paid off any debt you had on it. If it was an asset, meaning the investment property, then you did not pay off the debt. Correct. Including our mortgage, which I don't consider an asset personally. Agreed. Because it wouldn't make you money, your primary residence. So what type of asset protection did you put in place in terms of maybe insurance or anything at all? Just insurance. Every property is insured, of course. That's it. I was wondering if you were doing any sort of trusts or... Well, LLCs and things Got of that it. nature. But that... Okay. We'll move on to the next question that came up. The 15-year mortgage with 25% down, that was similar to my initial plan when I got started. And then I was like, oh my gosh, in order to get 25% down on... I think I had the goal of around 50 houses. I can't remember. It's going to be $10,000 a month cash flow. And I was assuming that I'd get 250 a month. So I guess 40 houses. My goal is 40. You're much more ambitious than I was at the time. Yours is 50. And I realized the same thing. You realize I'm going to need a lot of money to start plunking down 25%. Are you sticking with that model? And if so, how's that going for you? Where we are, and with the additional revenue streams that we're building, we're most likely just going to start paying cash. That's the opportunity that I fell into with EXP Realty. And I didn't fall into it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, right. I saw it and I believed in it. So I think in the next 12 months, we're just going to be in a position where we're going to start buying these properties with cash so that we can have immediate cash flow. Frankly, because I personally don't know of a better place to put all that cash yet um, and as we gain more experience in the residential space, we'll probably move over into the commercial space as well. So that's where we are right now. With all cash versus leverage, what's your reasoning for doing all cash instead of taking advantage of a relatively historically low interest rate on a 15-year note? That's a great question. Again, the, the kind of revenue that we are going to be generating in the next 12 months at this point, and again, we can talk about this now or offline because I'd love to learn more from you too, Joe, will be just trying to figure out where to put that money to make sure that it's invested in something that I control. That's the reasoning behind that. And also because we only own three, soon to be four properties at this point, I have not run across you know, what point do lenders stop lending you money for investment properties. Right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the threshold is for that. So that's kind of our reasoning so far. Got it. Okay. Sounds I still, good. I still have a lot to learn as well. Yeah. Well, don't we all? <laughs> that's why I do this. So I can learn from you and other guests who I interview. So let's talk about one other question I had as a result of what you mentioned earlier. And then I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone. And that is your best real estate investing advice ever. But before I ask you that, when the cancer reoccurred in 2013, was it 2013? 2015. 2015. How did you deal with that mentally? That's an interesting question. I know what motivates me. One of my mentors, a guy by the name of Brendan Bouchard, came up with this concept years back and it changed his life. It's changed the way that I think about things as well. And he believes that we know that power plants don't have energy. They generate energy. So he believes, and so do I, that as these power plants that we have, all this nanotechnology that was built into us, we don't have energy per se, but we can generate energy. 
So I just was very in tune with what I needed to do to stay positive. There's a body of research around having a positive attitude when you are sick, statistically speaking, right? I mean, there's some cases where you just, it just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I knew that a positive attitude would help me. Of course, it would help my family. I didn't want my wife to ever worry. And to be fair, I, I was not diagnosed either time with the type of cancer that you really worry about. It's just very treatable, very slow growing. And it was a blessing for me, Joe, because it made me appreciate life more. And I continue to this day to just try to focus on things. I don't want to be remembered as how good of a real estate investor I was or how good of a realtor or business person. I want to be remembered by how good of a father, how good was I as a husband, a friend, a son, what kind of impact did I have on the community? So all that other stuff is just stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what cancer was for me. And I just did the things that I knew would keep me in good spirits. Based on your experience in investing in as a business professional, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I got to go back to Jim Rohn on that one. Uh, just work harder on yourself than you do anything else. I think if we just focus on ourselves a little bit more, and I'm just really big into personal development. And what I found is the more that I grow, I just seem to attract opportunities into our world. My wife is the same way because we're just both so focused on personal development and and becoming more so that we have more and serving other people, you know, just finding opportunities where we can help people get kind of like what you've done with this podcast. You find enough people and give them access to information and give them everything that you want, then you in turn will have everything that you want. I'm sorry I don't have anything more direct to real estate investing, but I think that's just the key for us. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. It starts with psychology. It starts with knowing how to approach things, and then the tactics will fall into place. And I did not believe that or realize that when I didn't have any money. And I was starting out, I was like, whatever, because I heard that quote from Tony Robbins said something like 80% is psychology, 20% mechanics. But I was like, whatever, shut up, give me the tactics, you give me the blueprint. But it's true, it's just how it is. The reason why is because there is no blueprint that lays out every if-then scenario along the way. There's all sorts of gray area, and you have to have a strong psychology to navigate the gray. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book, lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com. Best ever book you've read. You've mentioned a bunch of them. Which one are you going to pick? Oh my gosh, really? Um, Well, it's got to be one that I'm reading right now called Traction just because I'm trying to get out of my business. So that's up there right now. 
Best ever deal you've done? Deal? Yep. Marrying my wife. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? <laughs> As a real estate agent, I missed a home inspection deadline and was responsible because of that. And I was representing a dear friend of mine, so I had to pay for a chimney and a furnace flu reline. So I didn't <laughs> make any money on that deal, but nothing too crazy. That's probably <laughs> What did you do after that? to ensure that that doesn't happen again. It was a painful financial experience. So <laughs> I didn't want to have that again, so I just yeah, didn't do it again. Got it. No calendar reminders moving forward? or uh, Absolutely. Yeah, systems in place. Yeah, definitely calendar reminders. And hiring people that were just better at that stuff than I am. Best ever way you like to give back? Through my church. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your company? Missionrealty.com, my website, or you can certainly reach out to me on Facebook. Well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story, your lessons learned along the way, how books have been a tremendous influence on your life and how you are actually taking action, major, massive action once you read a book. I like to think I have a similar approach, and I do, but I certainly don't have the stories to back up this major shift that these books had in your life. When I read a book, I usually put something into action from that book immediately. But holy cow, the books that you've read hold the cash flow quadrant, Dave Ramsey's book. They had major influence on your life and in a positive way. So it's great to hear that. And I'm sure they are being purchased in mass quantities right now as the best ever listeners are listening to this if they don't have them already. So Clayton, thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. I'm glad that your health is good and enjoyed getting to know you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.